This is Ashley, and this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. In this week, we're going to start with a mentor moment. And today, I wanted to talk about career confidence. I'm often asked, Ashley, how can I build my career confidence? Or Ashley, I feel so insecure about my career. Or Ashley, I want to make more money, but I just feel like I'm not confident enough to grow and advance my career. And my my answer, right, always for career confidence and for you to build your, your confidence or your motivation or your inspiration around advancing your career is to go back to discipline. I know it's not a sexy answer, but truly career confidence comes from winning. But the only way that you win is by displaying discipline, enough discipline to do the work to win. And so if you find yourself regularly struggling with imposter syndrome or feeling like you don't have enough career confidence to, you know, raise your hand for a project at work or ask for a raise or transition to another industry, I want you to know that career confidence comes from discipline. And you might be asking then, what's the discipline work that I need to be doing? What do I need to be disciplined in? The discipline that career confidence requires is the discipline to one, tell yourself the truth, that I'm unhappy in my career, that I don't feel fulfilled in my career, that I'm overworked and underpaid, that I don't feel valued by this organization or whatever that truth is. And then to get the help that you need to have a disciplined approach to your career development so you can move from where you are to where you want to be. So for some of you, that's, I am not making enough money at work. And that's the truth, right? Like I, you know, I love this organization. I love the work that I do, but I'm not making enough money here to live the lifestyle that I desire. And so I have to tell myself the truth. And then I need to be able to have a career strategy that helps me find and secure a new role, making more money and having more impact. Or for another one of you, it may be, I'm unhappy in this job. Yeah, I'm making good money here, but the money ain't good enough (laughs) for me to stay in a role where I'm not feeling valued, where I don't feel like I'm having real impact. And I need to be able to have a career development plan that's going to help me find a more fulfilling career. Whatever that truth is, you want to be able to honor that truth and then start to work with me, a career coach who can help you build the discipline through a strategic approach to your career advancement so that you can make more money and have more impact. And I will tell you that the reason why my mentees are so successful in my programs and why you hear me yelling, she got the job, she got the job, she got the job week after week is because it's not because I'm a motivational speaker or just because I help them build their career confidence, but moreover, it's because they're now in a position to win. They're now in a position to get the interview. They're now in a position to have a successful interview. They're now in a position to get a job offer. They're now in a position to accept a job offer where they're seeing a 20, 30, 40, $50,000 salary increase. And now they're of course more confident. (laughs) And so I want you to know that there's no affirmation or no self-help book that's going to help you build career confidence more than just winning in your career. And so if you want to win, I invite you to join the winning team and apply to work with me on my website at mentor-me.org. I'm right now accepting new mentees into the Mentor Me Accelerator program. And so if you're a professional woman who works in corporate, nonprofit, or educational leadership, and you're looking to win in your career to boost your career confidence through making more money and having more impact, apply today. You can do so right on my website at mentor-me.org. Now we're transitioning into I Digress, and this week I'm excited to invite Gabby, an emotional eating coach, to the School and Life podcast. Gabby works to help women ditch habits of stress eating and body image issues for more clarity, control, and confidence in their health journey. I am so excited to learn from Gabby what 
emotional eating coach, what an emotional eating coach is and how she helps women be able to feel better about themselves and their body. Welcome to School and Life, Gabby. We're so happy to have you. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So let's dive into this conversation. Can you tell me and my listeners what an emotional eating coach is? Yeah. So essentially an emotional eating coach is someone who comes along you and helps you to really break cycles of emotional eating. And I think that oftentimes we're emotionally eating. We don't really realize it, especially for your listeners. I know a lot of your listeners are high achieving women and a lot of them are under high amounts of stress every single day. So my question for you all would be, what are you turning to? Right. Whenever we're not properly regulating our emotions, it's easy to turn to that comfort food. It's easy to allow for our emotions to take us somewhere else. And so it's important that as high achieving women that we have our eating habits in order. Therefore, we have clarity, we're control over our health, we are consistent in that area, which ultimately makes us more confident as we show up in the workspace with our families in every area of life. Yeah, I really love that. And you talked about confidence there too. And, you know, we were just talking about sort of career confidence comes from winning, but I imagine it's the same space for emotional eating. When you're eating well, you can feel more confident about your body. You can, you, you physically feel better. And so that confidence is really full circle, whether it's in career or in your healthy eating. So can you, you talked a bit about like the cycle of emotional eating and breaking that cycle, right? That's the work that you do with women. Can you share more about what, Um, an unhealthy eating cycle looks like or what kind of cycles need to be, what kind of cycles you often see needing to be broken by high achieving women? Yeah. So when you think about a cycle, there's always like a, an event that happens that kind of triggers you. So there's always that triggering event, right? Someone may have said something at work that may have ticked you off or your husband may have said something and it emotionally like brought up an emotion in you. Oftentimes when you don't regulate that emotion, again, you might turn to comfort food, right? So you begin to automatically crave that food And what do you do? You typically go for it. And so you eat the food and then maybe afterwards you feel good. And so what happens in the brain is that there's a release of dopamine. That's the feel good hormone that's released in our brains because it temporarily makes us feel good in the moment because we're no longer focused on that triggering event. But after about an hour or so, dopamine drops again. Now you're finding yourself feeling bloated. Maybe you're feeling some discomfort. Maybe you're sleepy at your desk. Have you guys ever ate lunch? And then as soon as you ate lunch, maybe an hour or so later, like you're extremely sleepy. You really want to go out in the car and take a nap or go home. But you know that that's not possible. So a lot of that is because we probably eaten something that was super high in sugar, something that just wasn't the healthiest for us. So you start to feel tired, fatigued, and then you um, get to this place of where you're feeling guilty, where you're feeling ashamed because you knew that was not the best choice for you to make in that moment. And what happens with shame and guilt? We begin to shame and guilt ourselves into another snack. And then we're like, well, maybe I should just go ahead and finish off what I ate. And then you're triggered again. So that's the cycle. (laughs) So it's amazing, but it's a cycle that we go through unaware. And so that's the biggest part is like you being aware of that triggering event and then trying to change what's your response going to be. 
Yeah, you just read me so, so good, Gabby, on Thursday <laughs> night. I had a triggering event. And when I tell you, I ordered that Domino's so fast Listen, and ate that cheesy bread. Without so, even wow. thinking about it. Yeah. And I think like what you said is so powerful is that like, it sounds like your work with women is really to help them be more aware, right? Like we can make more conscious decisions around what we're eating and we can be thoughtful about it. That we're not just, like you said, emotional regulation, right? Like we're not just doing things because we want to, and because we feel like it, but we're regulating our emotions enough to be thoughtful about, you know, what we're eating and what we're um, ingesting. That's so good. Yeah. And it all comes down to habits. Like if you're thinking about building that a morning routine habit, your habit after the Thursday night, whatever happened was to lean into whatever that comfort food was to give you that sense of release. And so that's what happened. So that awareness piece is everything. Yeah, that is so good. And so let's talk about awareness because I don't know about my listeners, but when I met you, you were the first time that I've ever met anyone that, you know, positioned themselves as an emotional eating coach. So can you talk about, you know, how, you know, my listeners might be able to distinguish for themselves how they can identify when they might need an emotional eating coach versus a physical trainer versus a therapist, for example, like how can you help, you know, women who feel like, Ooh, Gabby, that's me. But maybe they thought, Oh, maybe I just need to hire a trainer and go to the gym, or maybe I just need to get the therapy. Like, how can you help them distinguish how they might need your services versus some of the other resources that they might consider? Yeah. Well, one of the distinguishing factors that I find for a lot of women who come to work with me is that they've been through this process before, like they've lost weight. It's fairly easy to lose weight, but can you maintain it? Right. And so we have to ask ourselves, if I'm not maintaining the results that I'm getting, there's something deeper that's going on. And so that's when you have to go a little bit deeper, what's beyond the surface, because yeah, I was a personal trainer for nine years and you can definitely go to a personal trainer to get the job done. But again, is that going to help you to sustain? And so we have to think about going deeper than what the surface looks like. And that's what I help my women do is I challenge them to ask themselves questions like, am I hungry or am I eating this because I am stressed? Am I eating this because I am bored or because I'm lonely? And if that's the case, what do I really need in this moment? And so you have to start asking yourself these deeper questions because yes, weight is an issue. Eating is an issue, but why, right? It's not until we get to those deeper questions. And oftentimes what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of our eating habits, even the way that we view our bodies, it began in childhood. Did your mom, was your mom always on a diet? Were you praised um, with food whenever you did something well? And so now as an adult, you're finding yourself rewarding yourself with food every time you get a job promotion. Like, so we have to begin to go a little bit deeper because it's really not about the food. It's not about the weight. Those are what I call superficial behaviors, right? Whenever we go into the gym, I call that a superficial behavior. Like it's great to go, but you're trying to fix something that's superficial, something that's on the surface. Why is it that I'm having issues with my body image? Why don't I like the way that I look, look in the mirror? And it really has everything to do with how you perceive yourself. Doesn't matter if you're 30 pounds heavier or 30 pounds lighter. That was my story. It didn't change the way that I saw myself. I was 30 pounds lighter, but I was still insecure, right? And so there's this misconception that if I lose the weight, that I'm going to feel better about myself. Yeah, you may feel confident, but it's not going to change the way that you see yourself. It's not. And so you have to ask yourself, if I'm inconsistent in this area, what's the deeper root as to why I'm not seeing consistent results? Yeah, that is so beautiful. And wow, like I feel like so many, so much 
about body image is really focused on the superficial behaviors that you talked about. Like, let me go to the gym, let me quote unquote, eat healthy. But like, what are you doing to fix your mindset? Or, you know, like, how can you feel confident when you can't get to the gym or when you eat something that, you know, is a, like when you have a a triggering event, like how can you still have those good behaviors or be able to emotionally regulate without like falling off the wagon, if you will. So that, that really resonates with me. And I want to talk more about like, you know, the, the myths, right. And the, you know, like you said, the superficial stuff, you recently did a post uh, that I thought was so insightful. It was called the five food rules you need to ditch. So I'm wondering if you can just recreate some of that content for us here on the podcast and talk about like, you know, the myths around what to eat or the myths around food rules and why they actually don't work. Feel free to walk us to through two or three of those. And just like why they actually don't work for women that you serve. Yeah. So I think one of the food myths, the dietary myths that we commonly hear is that I should stay away from carbs. Right. And like, it's been an ongoing thing. And honestly, I'm not sure of where your audience is coming from, but especially for African-American women, you know, it's a thing like, oh, it's going to make you feel bloated. It's going to do all of these different things. When in realization, a lot of the diets that we see, the fat diets, they weren't created for us. And so we have to really take ourselves out of that picture of like, all the fad diets that are going on because it doesn't really work for you because it wasn't created for you, number one. And so carbs are good for you. You actually need carbs and you don't only get carbs from breads and pasta and rice, but you also get carbs from vegetables such as broccoli and asparagus and a few other things. And so just knowing where your what sources of carbs you're eating is good, but also knowing that carbs are those things that give you energy because it does give you that spike of sugar that you need. And so making sure that you are eating your carbs, don't remove them from your diet. It may be the type of carbs that you may need to remove, but essentially make sure that you have them in your diet. So that would be one thing that that a food rule that I think needs to be broken. And then another food rule that I think needs to be broken is this thing of rewarding yourself with food, right? And this is a common one because you know, like food is it's a vibe, right? It's you, fun. It's a, it's, it's, it's eating, drinking, celebration. <laughs> so yeah, I, it's so funny. Whenever my clients get, you know, new roles and they're, you know, seeing salary increase, I'm like, oh, girl, since it's extra guac for you, like, yes, it, you know, you can get the extra guac now. But I realize if you just stop doing that, because I'm basically telling them they can now reward themselves with more food, which may not be healthy and supportive in all aspects of their life. So thank you for that feedback. <laughs> well, it's not that you can't do that. It's when that's the main basis of why you're doing it, right? So if you can only reward yourself or celebrate yourself with food, there's an issue because there's no there are no other things that you can find to do for yourself outside of food. And so even with that, again, going back to your background, a lot of us reward ourselves with food because we saw that modeled in the home. Maybe you made straight A's. And so now your parents rewarded you with pizza for the night. And so now you feel as an adult hey, I get this job. Let me go out to Ruth Chris. I mean, I mean, okay, it's Ruth Chris. Let's go out to Ruth Chris, right? But (laughs) but let me go, you know, do something that's maybe a little bit outside of my norm, something that, you know, I've been on a good track, but now I'm I'm stepping off track to to get this thing that's only going to set me back. So removing those, um, cues that we got from our parents and even things that are modeled in society, like really checking in with ourselves. And I think that's a big part of what wellness is doing frequent check-ins, you know, around what you're eating, around your mindset, all of those things. 
Yeah, I love that. And so much of the work that we do in coaching, whether it's career development coaching or emotional eating coaching is around awareness, right? And just sort of your knowledge of what you're doing, the intentionality of what you're doing. And so it's just exciting to talk to another coach of women and to see how so much of our work aligns. And I know that so many of my listeners are excited about the opportunity to work with you, to learn from you. Maybe they've struggled uh, with eating and being emotional eaters and just wanting to be much more intentional um, and have some strategies to do that. So can you talk to my listeners about um, how they can work with you and how they can stay connected with you and your work? Yeah, of course. So I am now offering, I just created a mini course that I'm super excited about, and I'm revealing my top three secrets on how to break cycles of emotional eating. And for women like us who are high achieving, let me just say this, our number one type of emotional eating is stress eating. So if you're finding yourself overwhelmed with dieting, you're not seeing consistent results. And when I say consistent results, I mean like you lose weight just to gain it, right? It's this consistent cycle or If you're finding yourself really not making moves because you are insecure about your body or you're insecure about the way that you're eating, then this this mini course is for you because we're really talking about why food is not the issue. I'm helping you to gain control over what's really going on. But I'm also teaching you how to build out what I call a mini temptation routine, which looks like instead of you going for the craving, there's a routine or a system that needs to be created that want that it's not about you not having the craving, but it's about you setting up an environment for you to win and do all of those great things so that you can stay on, on track for your goals. So I do have a mini course that I do offer, but you can also find me on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram. My handle is Gab- Gabby, G-A-B-B-I athletics underscore. You can also find me on YouTube at Gabby athletics and listen to my podcast. Cause I do have a podcast entitled don't touch my health. And that's where we talk all about healthy habits, lifestyle, and faith for high achieving women who are really trying to break those cycles of emotional and stress eating and build healthy habits. Thank you so much. And all the links for Gabby on Instagram, Gabby on YouTube and her podcast will be in the show notes. So check those out. And now we're going to close out the show with TVT. And this week we're talking Sweet Magnolia on Netflix. Sweet Magnolias is the American romantic drama that follows Joanne Garcia, Heather Headley and Brooke Elliott as the leads in a show that I'm pretty sure is set in South Carolina. And it talks about their friendship and and their town. And, you know, of course, as any drama ensues, I will be honest to say that this is a show that my fiance absolutely loves. He's from <laughs> South Carolina and he loves, you know, like the drama of it all. Yeah. Every time I see him watching it, I like give him a hard eye roll. But <laughs> just a couple nights ago, he was watching it and I like was making dinner. And so I just like sat down on the couch and watched him with it, with watched it with him. And honestly, it's so cute. It's so cute. It's a, really, just, it's a fun loving show. It is. And I really love seeing and Heather Hadley, a dark-skinned Black woman, yes. just like look good and be happy on TV. It's just very, yeah. like, I love that for her. I know you watch the show as well, Gabby. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think about the ladies' like friendship? Like, you know, is there anything that you see there that you just really feel like is genuine or sweet that you want to sort of talk about? I love the genuine support and accountability. Like, I'm a big person on for accountability anyway. And so... 
it's it's great to see the camaraderie that they have and for them to kind of have came from different aspects of the you know like they're all different in their own way and so that it's the accountability for me always it's the support for me always it's sisterhood and so i really do enjoy that about the show yeah it is really sweet and like the show like follows them and their family and like the makeups and breakups and relationships and what I really love about Heather Headley's character she's an accomplished attorney and she's definitely you know the kind of friend that's quote-unquote got her you know you know got her act together got her life together but it shows like some of the challenges she has with relationships and with fertility and I think that's a common narrative right like this very sort of high achieving black woman who kind of quote-unquote has it all but there's still some gaps that she wants. And so, but seeing it from a perspective, not like now she's downtrodden and, you know, she's going to date a plumber because that's the only thing she can find. Like, it's not like that. It actually does. It is empowering and it's sweet to see her be, you know, like to to thrive and be successful. And one of the things that I love about the show is that like, it is really about women and sisterhood. There are a lot of leading ladies in it and powerful women. And the men in the show are all a mess. Like, no, none of these men got their life together. And I really just, I think that that's so hilarious. Is there any, uh, in particular male characters that always like get you cracking up, Gabby? Well, I'll say first season, it had to be the husband that left. I forgot his name, but Dana Sue's husband. Yeah. That left her. Oh, no, you're talking about Maddie Towns' husband. Uh, I can't remember his name either, but he, like, had a... Did he have a baby or got something pregnant? Yeah, and now he's trying to come back, which is a mess, because she's, like, in her own new thing now. So he was always a mess to me, and I always knew that he was going to try and come back, and it's a hard eye roll for me. I'm just like, I'm done. Oh, gosh. And you got to get to the end of season two, because when I tell you, it only gets worse from here. So I won't spoil it, but it only gets worse from here. If you are not watching Sweet Magnolias on Netflix and you just need like a good, clean TV it's show, like, it ain't really, it's it's very wholesome. So like, yeah. it's not like a housewives situation. It's very yeah. wholesome, but it is really, really sweet. And I do feel like it's just beautiful to see at least in the second season my fiance was telling me that like there's a lot more black characters and the okay. character development gets better because I think some of the character some of the critiques of the first season is like how is this in South Carolina and it's hardly it's only a handful of black people okay. but they did yeah they did better they did a better job of that in season two you see a lot more folks of color and a lot more diversity in the characters as well in the character development so definitely one if you just need a sweet you know show to add to your roster check out Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. Awesome. And that wraps up this week's episode of School and Life. Thanks so much for listening. This is a great time for you to share School and Life with a friend. We'll be having um, guests um, who serve high achieving women over the course of the remainder of February for Black History Month and then rolling into March for Women's History Month. So make sure that if you're a regular listener, you share this in your group chat, share it in your group meets, text it to a friend. This is a great time to help them connect with other professional, or help them connect more uh, around their life, their love, and occasionally libations. Thanks so much for listening. School's out. Class dismissed.